We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says. Promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast. I'm Ty Windish, and I'm here with Rohan Kadi, as always, and we're going to look ahead at some of the opponents the Milwaukee Bucks will most likely face on their way to the NBA Finals, presumably. This podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, and the Eurostep is proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Rohan, we got some news via Woj right before we were set to do this, and we're still going to talk about the Bucks' road to the Finals, but we've got some other stuff we should probably touch on first. For sure. We've gotten a little bit of news, like you said, from Woj discussing how the NBA and the Players Association are, you know, they're they're discussing the possibility of players not necessarily wanting to play in the re- uh, in the NBA's restarting plan because there's social justice issues, uh, COVID-19, obviously, and just a lot of family concerns, as Woj says. So, I think they're sort of they're sort of trying to deal with that, and they're uh, the news is that there's going to be probably a provision in the the agreement to restart that the NBA and the Players Association have to agree to that there's no requirement for players to participate in the uh, resumption of the season. Yeah. So what we got, and just you know, within an hour of us going to do this podcast, so. 
I mean, road to the finals is already a little bit presumptuous because, I mean, you got to beat three teams in, in three seven-game series to get there. But um, now this whole thing might be slightly presumptuous. I think we both think the, the bubble is still going to happen. But Woj is reporting, as you mentioned, uh, the NBA and NBPA are expected to agree on a provision that wouldn't require players to restart the season nor subject them to discipline for staying home, sources tell ESPN. The players would lose a portion of salary for those games missed, which I guess makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I don't have a, a concrete take on that aspect of it itself. This is something that we've talked about and agreed on for weeks, that if anyone doesn't want to go for any reason, they shouldn't have to go. This tweet that I thought was kind of weird was, if a player, this is from Woj, sources, colon, like we know Woj. Everything you tweet has sources, like we get it. But if a player has a medical issue that might be cause for him to be excused from the Orlando restart, he would be allowed to undergo an independent examination process. Even if the player was told that he's fit to play, he could still stay home without consequence. I don't really know why there's a need to examine. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misinterpreting it. Maybe that's just like like they're allowed, they're optional to get an examination if they want to get more info on if they should go or not. I hope the NBA isn't requiring anyone who doesn't want to go to get this examination, even if, as the tweet says, you don't need to be ruled out to be able to sit out. Yeah, I think it's more of like a... An option? Yeah, it's like an option. It's like a second opinion, sort of. Sure. It's um, just more information. It's like the way he's phrasing it, like he would be allowed to undergo an independent examination process. It's sort of like, just just get as much info as you can to make your own decision, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, there are players, and I've touched on this before, I think on the podcast, I know on my Patreon, like Larry Nance, for example, has Crohn's disease, so he, or Crohn's disease, so he would be at an increased risk. I mean, that's a pre-existing condition, and I, I would hope everyone by now knows that COVID-19 can be more dangerous to people with those. Um, if not, seriously, read up on COVID-19, people. If you didn't know that, they're it's, minimal. It's <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's this has been around for a long time. You should know that by now, but... Um, what I thought was interesting was the MBPA has basically, you know, agreed to the framework of a return to play plan, the bubble, so to speak. I think it's happening, but I don't think the players are as all on board as we thought they were last week. Just because the MBPA passed this resolution or whatever, agreed to, you know, continue working on the plan to come back and with this all these dates and this format. I mean, it seems like there's still some debate on... I mean, if we all knew how it was going to happen, was still up for debate. I mean, there was not concrete answers for every single question. But I thought this was interesting from Tony East at T East NBA. Um, he says, Malcolm Brogdon is a VP for the NBA PA. Is it NBA PA or NBPA? NBPA. I thought it was. I think. Come on, get that it sounds... together. Oh, either either we have to get it together or Tony I, does. One let's, or let's say we do. Yeah, it's probably us, but... <laughs> So uh, Brogdon said last week, quote, guys across the NBA have very mixed feelings about playing. It's very polarized. Some guys are like, I'm not playing. I don't want to play. I'm not going to prioritize basketball over people's health in general. And then I, I know you, I think, have the full quote or more of the quote, but I know Matt Barnes said something very interesting, yeah, uh, kind of on a different issue today. Yeah, Matt Barnes was saying that a number of current players, including those on contenders like the Lakers and Buck, have discussed boycotting the remainder of the season to focus on improving race relations in the United States in the wake of George Floyd's death. So, 
There's a lot going on here. Yes. Um, there's like like Woj said in his original tweet, like we talked about. There's a, a myriad of issues that um, players wouldn't uh, have as reasons to not participate in and the NBA restarting. And I don't know. It's just there's like you said. There's a lot of um, it's just up in the air about how many players are going to actually participate. But I think it's safe to say that it will happen. Just whether a lot of players are going to be there is up in the air now. So my only thing, and I agree, I do think it will happen. I think there'll be enough compromises made that unless something very dramatic changes, either on the public health side or on the social justice and advocacy side, I think they'll figure it out. But I think the one place where I could see the bubble being scrapped is if you hit a critical mass of players that for one, the other, or both reasons don't want to participate. I don't think you can do it. Like I I don't want to, I'm not, this is just a hypothetical. I'm not pretending who that I know who might want to sit out, but let's say, you know, stars on multiple contenders came together and said they didn't want to do it. Can you really go forward? With if multiple stars, I don't know. I don't know I don't the think, answer. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Stars either. run the NBA, and if the stars decide that they're not going to play, then there's no NBA. Correct. And we we've had this. We know we have this like super group chat of like Giannis, LeBron, Damian Lillard. I think Harden, Steph, who's not going. No, Harden I'm, was so, not there. Westbrook was there. Oh, Westbrook. Excuse me. That honestly makes a lot of sense. Um, but we, we know there's this super group chat. We know the star players are communicating, and I'm, I'm sure those guys are also communicating with their teams. Um, it's interesting. I still think they're going to figure it out. I think, you know, the the NBA, I think these players, even while playing and participating in the bubble, could still use their platforms and use all the attention that will be on them. And it would be, even if they don't play, they'll be even more if they do play to advocate and advocate for change and everything. I think that is still possible, even if games happen. But of course I understand the, the idea of not playing as well. Um, it, it's interesting. I think things are less certain than we thought they were. I'm with you. I still think it's going to happen. I think, I think that I look at it as it's more likely it doesn't happen than I did last week around this time when the plans had just been agreed upon and signed off everybody, but the blazers for weird reasons. I don't know. I, I still think it's going to happen. I'm a little bit hesitant, but it's still slated to. So I think we should still go on and examine Milwaukee's road to the finals. For sure. I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's going to happen. It's a little less certain, like you said, but I think the NBA, uh, they usually figure these things out. Um, it's, it's not like this is a league where, um, you know, the the league itself is at odds with the Players Association most of the time in terms of, like, supporting them or anything. Obviously, they they always have, you know, issue like, disagreements sometimes, but it's it's not all the time. They're mostly in agreement. So they, they'll, I'm sure they'll figure this out, and they'll do it in the best way possible that sort of lets the players express themselves and advocate for change uh, as they should be, and uh, while also trying to maybe play some basketball. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine any American sports league that would be so at odds with its players would, that I can't imagine that they wouldn't even happening. be able to come up with like how many games they should play or or what the salary scale should be, what the revenue sharing should be. Even that just seems unbelievable in twenty twenty to imagine. You would think they would be able to figure it out, right? But, you would yeah, think. 
You would think if they actually liked the sport. Uh, <laughs> we had to get on our basketball high horse for a second. There. <laughs> we missed this feeling. Okay. Uh, Let's get to the meat of the pod. Let's get to the Bucks road to the finals. We got we got here in under ten minutes. I think that's pretty good with how much is actually going on right now. Um, so we covered this. I'm pretty sure last time, right? There's almost a 100 percent chance the Bucks are going to be the one seed after the eight seeding games are over. It's virtually impossible for Toronto to catch up. So that means, pretty obviously, the Bucks take on whoever is an eighth in the East. And then from there, they take on the winner of the fourth and fifth seed games. And from there, they get whoever makes it out of the other side of the bracket. So our plan for this podcast is to go through their potential opponents round by round and just kind of break it down because it's been a while since we've thought about these individual matchups. So do you want to kick us off with potential eighth seed threats? Maybe threats is not the right word. Well, there's, well, there's essentially three teams that could be the eighth seed. Uh, in this uh, situation, there's the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards, who are for some reason invited. But that's not what we're discussing. <laughs> here. Uh, wait, wait. Before you keep going, I just thought of something. Okay. Let's let's agree. We each have to give our rankings of what, who we'd most like to see for each one. Okay. For we sure. can do it after after each individual. But I think that'd be fun. I, I, I like putting us on the spot. I didn't think of this before. No. I don't have concrete <laughs> rankings, but this will be fun. Yes. And we will think of these as we go. Uh, so, who's currently in the eighth seed and I think is most likely to... Actually, I don't know. Are they most likely to stay? But currently... Let me pull up the standings. Currently, it's the Orlando Magic, who are half a game behind the Brooklyn Nets, um, who are in seventh, and five and a half games up on the Wizards in ninth. So, the Orlando Magic have not really posed much of a problem for the Bucks in recent history. Uh, especially this regular season, uh, they've played four times. Uh, the Bucks have won all four of those games, shockingly, um, by an average of 17 points. Uh, That's not bad. It's not bad. You know, it's pretty good, uh, considering that the Bucks are averaging around 11.5 points per uh, win, I think. I mean, that sounds also great. not bad. Uh, so 17 a game, like average of 17 points is pretty, pretty good against the Orlando Magic. Do I think that the Orlando Magic will have a shot in this play in this potential playoff series? No. Uh, the Bucks are doing this. They're scoring. What are they scoring? Uh, let's see. Well, they're shooting like 37% from three on like 41 attempts per game. Mm. Orlando's defense, like, in theory, would maybe match up against the Bucks kind of well because you have Jonathan Isaac, who I think is a really versatile defender, um, and you can put him on, like, Giannis slash Chris to sort of, like, switch between the two, and you could, like, theoretically have, like, a tougher time with that compared to other teams, but I still don't think it's going to be that bad. But yeah, the Bucks are scoring, like, 113.8 points per game, so I don't really see against against the Orlando Magic. So I'm not really seeing them as much of a threat here. No, Orlando just can't score enough, especially on the Bucks, to keep up. And I don't think we're going to see Isaac. Oh, he got hurt, didn't he? He got hurt on yep. New Year's Day, so he's squatting a lot right now, I guess. It's so weird, the injury updates we get. He's squatting a lot of weight. I don't know what that means for his return to the court. Um, but I just did read that uh, Orlando PBOI, I think, Jeff Weltman, uh, said that, yeah, he is PBOI, said that, 
Um, he's unlikely to be ready for the start of the, the seeding games, maybe the playoffs, but I certainly don't think they're going to rush him back to just to probably, you know, lose in the first round, whether it's against Milwaukee and as the AC seed or probably Toronto as the second seed, but we'll get there. I actually think there's a decent chance the Bucks end up playing the Magic. I just think they're in free fall. I don't think there's any chance that Kyrie and KD show up. And I think Orlando's just better at this point. I don't know, maybe it'll help without Kyrie in the lineup, who has not exactly helped the Nets win a lot of games. But you also have to remember the Nets are without their Kenny Atkinson, their head coach, for almost the whole year. Although I think Jock Vaughn did go 2-0 and in his two games as Nets head coach. Maybe he's a revelation. But I think there's a decent chance Milwaukee could get Brooklyn. They also have not lost to Brooklyn this year. And again, without Kyrie and KD, it's just not a threatening team. I mean, the best players are like Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, if he can stay healthy, Jared Allen, who Didn't forces mean. are working against Jared Allen right now. So that's that's helpful. Um, DeAndre Jordan. It's like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's good, like a good point guard, but... And nothing, nothing threatening. There's nothing no. threatening there, Wait. and I still maintain there's no chance carrying little carry KD and Kyrie play. Even if they do, I just KD wouldn't be said concerned. his season is over. I'm pretty sure he has. I mean, again, I'd, I I get the trepidation. You gotta like let's see him not play before we believe it. He's got so much time now since the last finals. But even if they played, I just don't think you can both knock the rust off and figure out how to play together enough to overcome a Bucks team that is a well-oiled machine. For sure. It's just there's no one on the Nets who is capable of maybe giving a scare to the Bucks, except maybe Karis LeVert, who we know can go off, and I think he's a really talented young player. Uh, but if, if, you're, if you're hinging all of your hopes on the potential of Karis LeVert going off in a playoff series, there's, there's not really a chance if you're yeah. the Brooklyn Nets. So you, then, you're saying Brooklyn is most likely to get the eighth seed? I think they. I think they might. I think it's at least fifty-fifty. I think Washington has almost no shot. Oh, for sure. The only way is if Wall comes back. Is that? Do we know if that's a possibility or not? I don't, it hasn't sounded like one. It's they've been very pessimistic about him playing. Although he does say he feels great. I don't really. I don't really understand those two statements going together. But whatever. Maybe he just thinks this whole thing is a gimmick. Who knows? Um, but if Wall comes back, I could see beyond just the impact he'd have on the floor, just like that team being so energized, Beal especially getting to play with his guy again, maybe they go on a run in the seeding games and trigger the play-in tournament, and from there anything can happen. Tournament, it's the max of three games, but or two games. Two games. Max, or, no, three games. Three. Oh, no, two games. Two, two, two. Goodness, goodness gracious. I'm all over right now. But, yes, two games. But, you know, that's – that could be interesting. I, I don't think they're a real threat. They do have Giannis 2.0, which that's a consideration that we need to really in Rui Hachimura. <laughs> it's the next Giannis. Just uh, wait. I forgot who you were talking about for a second. Yep. Uh, you know, just plenty of talent evaluators out there in the world. <laughs> we all have our different takes on things. But, yeah, so um. I don't know. I feel like we've probably talked about those three teams enough. Mm-hmm. What's your preferred ranking? So one is the one you'd most like to see. Uh, probably Brooklyn. Uh, what, uh, we're counting Washington. Yeah, we're saying Washington counts with Wall. 
Like, you will just count them regardless. Like, just rank the three teams on which you'd most like to see. Oh, I guess, so if you're Actually, assuming... even that doesn't even matter. So, I'd least like... I mean, I'd most like to see the Nets. Because they pose, okay. they pose no threat. Uh, they have no players who are capable of really scaring someone in a playoff series. Um, next, I'd probably say the Magic. Um, wow. Because, again, there's, there's no... There's, like, no one there. Like, DJ Augustine. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, Fournier, sure. Aaron Gordon, sure. Maybe, sure. Brooke Lopez is just gonna put Aaron Gordon on the deck again. Like Terrence Ross, really? <laughs> <laughs> Vucci Main, really? Listen, all right. Did go you ahead. see what Marcus did? Yes, to I did. Vucci Main's playoffs, and that was contract from, year oh. Vucevic. Yeah. What is this year? I I have not heard the man's name. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no. And then probably the team I'd least like to see is the Wizards, and that's purely based on that they have a star in yeah. Bradley Beal, at yeah. minimum. Uh, so, like, any team with a star, like a star star, is going to be is going to scare me the most. Uh, but, again, they there's no one else on that team. Uh, does does Yamnihimi still play for the Wizards? Yes, I think he's expiring. Oh, fun! Finally, um, <laughs> so it, yeah, no, it's just like the purely because of Bradley Beal. I'm gonna put uh, Wizards in least likely to see, or least least want to see. Interesting. Okay. Wow. What, I, what about you? You know, I might. You know what? No, I'm not gonna let you talk me into the damn Wizards, who have never even heard of defense. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go, assuming that none of the guys who we don't think are going to play are going to play, I will go Nets, Wizards, but it's very close, and then Magic. I don't think any of the teams can even come close to beating the Bucks in a series. I just, the Magic series sounds annoying, and they're going to try and slow it down, and they're so long. I mean, without Isaac, it probably doesn't matter, but I think it'd just be more fun to watch the Bucks totally run up the score. What? Playoff Mo Bamba, whatever that is. <laughs> if it's anything like Playoff Don, they might actually be in trouble. I just think it'd be fun to watch like Giannis dunk on the Wizards at the Nets like a thousand times. Oh, I guess Chris the Nets go could... off for 50 again? Against yes. I mean, hopefully Giannis doesn't set any playoff games, but if he does, we know Chris is ready with mm-hmm. the 50-piece for Washington. Ooh, that was, oh, I miss those days. Um, oh, yeah. Basketball. Yes. Hopefully we'll see it soon. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it time for the second round? It's time for the second round, but first, just like this very podcast, which is action-packed, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly but surely making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, big NASCAR Newsday, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations, simulated simulations, all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Okay, now that we're talking about stimulating simulations, let's talk about a simulated second round series. 
I don't think there's a real chance that Boston drops to four. Uh, Boston is currently the third seed with three three games behind the second seed Raptors and two and a half games above the fourth seeded Miami Heat. And, and then there's a little gap between the Heat and the Pacers. I don't think Boston will drop. So I think the three real options here are Miami, Indiana, or Philly. Do you agree? I say that there's a chance for sure that Boston could slide. Do I think it's do I think it's actually going to happen? Probably not. But I'd say I'd I'd give it a little more likeliness than you are. Uh, I guess that that might be the most fascinating seeding thing left in the East. I guess though it's it's five and six and two and three. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'd say Every, I'd say probably just five and six. Yeah, that as well. Um, because it's just. That depends on which side of the bracket gets Philly, which side gets Indiana. Um, Because that's a a pretty big difference. Uh, That's a huge difference. Is it, though? Eh, We'll see. Uh, True, true. um, But, yeah, there's, you know, yeah, I'll agree with you. Uh, It's just basically Miami, Indiana, and Philadelphia who could possibly play the Bucs in the second round. Um, It it helps to agree this. Even there is certainly a chance, but... This way, we at least save two teams for the last for the conference finals part of this podcast, mm-hmm. which just makes for a better podcast. Yes. Uh, so, I guess I guess currently in the fourth seed is the Miami Heat, uh, who I think will probably be the most likely opponent. Uh, for, I hope not. I hope not too. And let's get into why. So, the Bucks have played the Heat twice this season. Uh, they've lost both games. Uh, by an average of 10.5 points. The first game, if you recall, was very close. It went into OT on a great pass by Chris Middleton to Giannis for a tip-in. And then they proceeded to lose in overtime, the Bucs did. And then the second... Giannis fouled out, right? Was that that game? I think that was that game. Okay, yeah, I think so. Um, And then the second game was just a straight, just whooping. Just a mess. The... The lowest point total for the Bucks all season. Miami holds Milwaukee to 89 points in Miami, but still. Was that the game that broke the 100 streak? That game broke the 90 streak. That might have been right after. I don't remember, but I do believe that was the second night of a back-to-back. I read Eric Name happened to write about this the same day that we decided to record a podcast about it. So I read his article, and I'm pretty sure... I, I don't remember the 100-game thing, but I do know it was the second night of a back-to-back, which... Tough scheduling in Miami, but still, we have seen the Heat give the Bucks a lot of trouble. For sure, and that's because of the ranginess of the defenders they have. Uh, mainly, mainly Bam. Uh, yeah, uh, Bam is a very—he's a very, very good defender. Uh, He's—he's he's a little undersized to play the five, but he definitely holds his own, and he's just one heck of a defender to throw on Giannis. Uh, him plus Jimmy to put on Chris Middleton is just. It's it's insane. You have the two best defenders who are probably like the the two defenders who are most likely to maybe cause trouble, like a lot of trouble. To Giannis and Chris are on the same team, uh, so like in this Eastern Conference, of course. Yeah. Um, which is which is a scary proposition uh, if you're Milwaukee, especially as a second round opponent. <laughs> if it, it'd probably be better if Miami was actually like better in the standings. So it's like, oh, you don't want your biggest threat to come in the sem- conference semifinals rather than the conference finals, uh, considering like what's at stake here. 
Um, yeah. But big, big, big playoff run for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. I have long said that Miami scares me the most amongst East teams against Milwaukee. I still think Milwaukee is a should can and should win this. Uh, but it's just Miami just has so many defensive problems to throw at Milwaukee and just they they play a they play an offense that's very suited for like a playoff style intensity, but to like who knows if that's gonna be a thing um in this bubble. But yeah. My, Miami scares me a lot. There's some really interesting stuff with Miami that almost reminds me of the challenges the Bucks faced against the Raptors last year. I mean, Milwaukee has to always, always, always have somebody on Duncan Robinson at all points in this series. Like they, if we see the Bucks wander off of that dude a bunch, I will probably literally pull some hair out. I mean, it's just not a guy you can leave alone. So I really hope that. The Fred Van Vliet nightmares really sink in for the Bucks, and they don't let. Do we know if Duncan shoot. Robinson is set to have a child? Oh my god! If I, hopefully, I don't know. Hope just wait till later, Duncan. <laughs> there's, there's a disease going on. Come on, but um, how do you feel about Iguodala? I honestly, I don't think he's going to be that much of a factor. He do, he does not move the needle for me. No, I he was, does not. I was very afraid of Gallo. Yes, Gallo really scared me when there was the potential of maybe getting Iggy and Gallinari uh, for Miami at the trade deadline. But just Iggy just doesn't really scare me. Honestly, in a playoff matchup against the Bucks, Justice Winslow scares me than Andre Iguodala. So I'm yeah, glad them, I'm glad they switched those two. Them losing Justice was nice, although I know he's had he's had injury and some consistency issues and all that. But I think that that was a great trade for Memphis, honestly. But yeah, Iggy, me too. I just I think. He was a terrific defender. I mean, clearly finals MVP, but that was five years ago. He wasn't exactly young then. He's hardly played this season. He started off by knocking down a ton of threes. I I don't think that's going to be a consistently maintained thing. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not as worried about him either. But the Heat certainly, I mean, Goran Dragic has been terrific off the bench. They have some really good young guys. Kendrick Nunn, uh, as problematic as, you know, his past has been and that I don't know all the all the facts off hop, but I know it's it's not it's not good. But he is very effective on the court, and that's really what the Bucks would have to worry about in this series. They're concerning. Jimmy Butler is an absolute gamer. I think well, we're going to talk about a team that could really use him. That I imagine if the Sixers had Jimmy Butler, it's just hard to picture. Wild, truly, but it's just wild fantasy. And if they had a shooter like Duncan Robinson, another another guy who can really shoot the lights, that scary, spooky stuff to think about there. <laughs> hypotheticals for Philly that, of course, were always impossible. But, yeah, they, I agree. The Heat scare me. The thing about Bam Adebayo is he is a little shorter, but he has the crazy drive. He's quick enough. He's fast. He's very fast. But it's his strength that I think really sets him apart and makes him a capable Giannis defender. And we've seen that, I think, across the guys who do surprisingly well on Giannis. Like, Aiton is very strong, even for a young guy. So we, we've seen, like, you can be a terrific, like, very skilled perimeter defender. It's the strong guys who are still kind of quick who tend to give Giannis a little bit of a, a problem. I mean, Kawhi is strong as hell. That's why he's such a good defender. I think that strength is often underrated when people talk about basketball in general. But, yeah, uh, Bam is Bam is a little scary. So I think the Heat in general, I would love if they somehow lost in the first round, but I, that a lot of that probably depends on the matchup. 
For sure. I The one thing where you could get it going a little bit is if you uh, just try to get Kelly Olenek in foul, foul trouble. Yeah, as or, long as Or Myers he... Leonard, whichever one's starting for them. Yeah. Because um, I know they do rotate that uh, well, a bit. I, I don't know if Leonard will play. That's true. He got hurt too. That's true. Um, so it might just be... The, the, the thing that worries me about Olenek is him pulling somebody's arm out of a socket. Yeah, of course. We always have to worry about that. I will, yeah, that, I will never forget that. That's why I will never enjoy watching Kelly Olenek. Not that no. he has a very enjoyable game, but uh, yeah. It's just, it, if you get their starting center in a little bit of foul trouble because you have the Lopez twins, uh, who, like, Miami Miami's centers, like, uh, they're, they're small. If you can yeah. sort of abuse them down low with the Lopez twins, you can maybe get them in foul trouble, maybe have to slide Bam down, which would open up a defender on either uh, one of the Lopez twins or Giannis. So if you get someone in foul trouble, you can have either a super small guy covering a big uh, Lopez or just a non-BAM on Giannis. Yeah, this is a series where I would love, if they just if they refuse to take BAM off of Giannis, I would love to almost use Giannis, not as a decoy. I mean, Giannis always has to be involved a lot, but you know, get some actions where you use Giannis as a bit of a distraction to get BAM away from the paint and then just find guys to just go after Myers Leonard Kelly Olenek is a little better on defense but neither of those guys I don't think is really going to deter you that much from the rim unless Olenek just decides to get dirty again but I I think that could be effective I think yeah any anytime you can throw them off the one thing that does worry me about this matchup in particular Eric Spolstra is one hell of a coach especially on defense and that's I really hope Bud has a much better postseason than he had in 2019 because there's some really good coaches here in the East, especially schematic-wise, and I think we'll get to more of them, but it's going to be tough sledding in, in the coaching matchup. For sure. We uh, we know how uh, we discussed on Binge the Bucks. If you haven't listened to Binge the Bucks, please go back and listen to those. Um, we yep. discussed how... Um, Coach Bud kind of, you know, he got outmatched a lot in the in the conference finals uh, against the Raptors. So, but as we did discuss, he has seemed to have learned a little bit from that based on what's happened in the regular season so far. Uh, so there's there's hope for sure. But just uh, I we I don't think we've talked enough about playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy <sighs> is scary. Uh, he's just he he's a playoff player. I don't know how else to say it. 16 game player. Yep. Like he's, yeah. he can't, in your, if he's your best player throughout, uh, throughout the regular season, you're not going to be like a historically dominant team, I don't think, uh, as proven by the Miami Heat's 2019 20 seasons. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> he does make every, he does make his team better in the postseason because he is that guy who, when the ball sort of stops, he can score at all three levels and he, he's just, I don't know. He's a tough guy who can create his own shot, and that's scary. Yeah, and he's the the one thing with him is I think you have to you have to try and dare him to shoot because that, that jumper has been very inconsistent. I would rather have him taking a lot of threes, especially early in the series. I don't really want to leave him wide open like in a close game late, but I think early in the series I would kind of play him almost like teams play Giannis. You know, really really go under every screen. I know that's not usual for Bledsoe, but 
that would be my idea is to try and just keep him out of the paint. I mean, this whole Heat team outside of Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, but like if Jimmy's on the floor, if Bam to an extent, although I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's a real, he's a real danger in transition as well, but in half court sets, um, or Iguodala definitely, despite his, his hot shooting in a couple Miami games, I would try to make those guys shoot. So I think, the one positive for the Bucks in this series is I think Brooke Lopez is going to be pretty comfortable finding a matchup that he can glom onto and just do his usual thing in the paint, which that usually helps the Bucks a lot. Robin kind of... Lopez is going to get so many spinning hooks. Yeah, also that, which I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would you put Wes, Math? Probably a Jimmy, right? You wouldn't want Chris on Jimmy? Yeah, probably not. I think though the we've seen time and time again, at least in the regular season this year, that Wes has been the guy to get those tough matchups because he's just not exerting the same amount on the other end. I mean, he's we know Wes is gonna outside of a couple random post ups earlier in the season, oh he's God. usually just a catch and shoot guy. So I would think you'd at least start there, and and if there's a problem, there's a problem. But honestly, Wes has been freaking fantastic, so I would not anticipate needing to switch him off of Jimmy. The one thing I would worry about is maybe Udonis Haslam gets some money. <laughs> Ooh, UD. Every, every year I, I read a story about him still being in the league, usually from the terrific Nikias Duncan. I'm just like, is he, really? Wow. Okay. It's an OG's OG. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's going to have a roster spot as long as he wants to. But, okay. Fair. Before we get too bogged down into Miami. Um, yeah. Another team, the Indiana Pacers. Should we go there? Yeah, I think we can. I think we kind of need to be quick on a couple because we we did go. I think deservedly went long on Miami. I don't think we're going to need a lot of time for Indiana. No, I don't think they make it out of the first round. No, no, I think there will be. I think they're going to be the Jazz of the East in that there might even be some jockeying to try and get yourself against the Pacers in round one. I just think Oladipo and Brogdon are both very good. Neither one of them is able to stay healthy usually and that's an issue i mean i don't think either of them is going to be functioning at 100 percent. i mean i know they've obviously had a lot of time to recover but we'll see and and, you know i i I don't even mean to be like negative about brogdon it's just it's just a fact the guy just has trouble staying especially with the load he's had in indiana he just has trouble staying on the floor for consistent minutes and then especially losing jeremy lamb i don't think there's any chance he's gonna play he was big for the pacers I just don't think they have enough, especially on like the kind of big wing category, to really be able to challenge any of the top tier East teams. I think they're just a tier below. For sure. Uh, you always worry about, oh, what is Miles Turner going to do against Giannis or something? But, you know, it's like, to be fair, every time the Bucks play the Pacers, it's a gritty game. Uh, that's what the Pacers well, like to do. But I mean, this year, they kind of, with Giannis this year, the Bucks kind of beat the hell out of them. Yes, Pacers. yes. It's it's still not close. I do not think Indiana is going to make it out of the first round. And if they do, and they manage to play the Bucks in the second round, oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah, but that would be... We're giving away our rankings, but clearly out of these three teams, Indiana's number one. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's enough Pacers. Um, and the third team, uh, the, the 76ers of Philadelphia who are currently in the uh, sixth uh, six spot, but they are tied in the standings uh, with Indiana. So based on these seeding games, they could probably move into the five spot. Yes, that'll be that's going to be one of the more interesting 
especially for for us as Bucks watchers. Seeing where where Indiana ends up really is it, but like honestly, Philly moving up to five isn't the worst because I think there's a good chance Philly could beat Miami. I think that's very possible. Although Jimmy Butler versus the 76ers would just be art to watch. I would love it if those two teams went seven, especially if Philly won. I think that'd be great for the Bucks. But before we get there, we should probably talk about the 76ers themselves. Yes. So this team that was supposed to have this magical season, uh, go to the finals and everything, you know, they're built to beat the Bucks. Well, they're 39 and 26. Uh, it's not great. Uh, would you say that's pretty great, Ty? I'd say it's good. I would not say it's great. Mm. Would you say Milwaukee being 53 and 12 is a significant advantage over them? I've run the numbers and I can confirm Tied that with the Indiana deep. Pacers, who we just talked about, who are not that great. <laughs> you know? I will never, and I'm going to let you keep going, I will never get sick of slandering this damn Sixers team after all the finals predictions and. Oh, Tobias Harris, such a good deal. The but same at, people who are saying Chris Al Middleton Horford so on overpaid. A max contract for four years, that's the best thing you could ever do. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, if you want to sign like 35 plus Al Horford and pay him like upwards of $30 million, I don't know why you wouldn't. When you can acquire Tristan Thompson Jr. <laughs> for the low price of a full max, Rohan, I don't think it's a full max, but how can you? I think not? it is. I think it goes down. Yeah, it definitely does. It might be a max in year one, but it's not like a full. They didn't give him full raises. Never, but it's, it's a lot of money. It's quite a bit of money for... And and you know how bad things are in Philly? Not even just talent and fit, but like their chemistry. Al Horford was saying that he doesn't... Like things are going wrong and he's not happy. Al Horford. He went from 13 points per game to like 12.6 points per game. All of a sudden, it's an issue. <laughs> Speaking of 13 points per game... I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons scored around 11 points per game against Toronto in the playoffs last year. Oh, Roughly that's one generous. point per game more than Eric Bledsoe did, Oof. just for a comparison to mm-hmm. point guards. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, what are you going to do if your role on offense is just being in the dunker spot because you can't do anything else? Dunker spot mainstay, baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair. Like, you know, like props to him. It's, I mean, I wouldn't pay him a max contract. Oh, is, just, is he on a max contract? Oh, wait, he is. <laughs> I, I would pay Ben Simmons a max contract, yes. but you have to do a much better job mm-hmm. than... When you have two other maxes Billy. at the same position. Basically, yes. Um, their team is just such a mess. I Does anyone scare you less on that level of contract than Tobias Harris? Oh, my God. I like Tobias Harris, but my goodness, like... It just feels like Tobias Harris is not going to be a guy who swings a close competitive playoff series. I just don't see it. No, not a chance. I mean, we talked about how, oh, it's maybe maybe Jimmy could. Uh, yeah. Wild if they had Jimmy. Uh, let's see. <laughs> that, that'd be a little scarier. Yeah, Tobias Harris on his max contract. What's he doing this season? 19.4 points a game. You know, pretty okay. 36% from three. Uh, 47% from the field. You know, decent, decent role player. Uh, but if he if he's your best wing in a playoff series against the Bucks, I, I I don't know what you're gonna do. Like, okay, you went big if you're the Seventy Sixers. Well, guess what? The Bucks went big as well, and they got Rolo. Yeah. Like, okay, your back the backup five this year is not gonna be Ersan Ilyasova. It's gonna be Robin Lopez, who would be a starter on most teams. 
It's just, I don't know. The- I just think the issue with Philly is, so their best four guys are Embiid, Simmons, Harris, Horford, in that order, basically. I mean, I guess Josh Richardson is good. I, Josh Rich, I think he's fine. I, I don't know. But, like, those four guys, those are the four highest paid guys, that's for sure. You really, like, optimal lineup, you probably want two of them on the floor together, and it's like Harris and, and one of the other guys. Maybe you kind of want Horford out there, but not really. Like, I just, they, they don't make that much sense. And I think that the the biggest threat is just, like, their, their, their best case scenario is, like, Embiid and Simmons are both very good. You stagger them, I guess. They both play really, really well. I mean, they did, they beat the hell out of the Bucks on Christmas, I think, Giannis was clearly banged up in that game and and did sit out for a while after that. The next two matchups did not go Philly's way. I just think they'd have to fix all their chemistry issues by the time this thing started. They'd have to stay healthy, which Embiid has not done a great job of doing. Apparently, he's in great shape right now. We're getting a new fitness watch. Apparently, Nikola Jokic has abs, so like anything's possible. That's scary as hell. I mean, the Bucs might just run into a a Jokic-shaped buzzsaw in the finals if if he's going to be in good shape all of a sudden. But... I mean, they have really good players, the Sixers do. I just don't think they fit together. I don't think they're cohesive on and off the floor. I think you've got to split up Simmons and Embiid one of these days, and they probably should have done it way before now. I just don't think they can beat the Bucks four times in seven games. I do not see it. No, there's no evidence that they can. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just going to go with what's presented in front of me, not like some mythical, uh, this team was built to beat the Bucks. But, okay, so prove it. You You won one game. Congratulations. I just like when things slow down, what are they going to besides Embiid post-ups? On again, like you already mentioned, the Bucks are comfortable with that happening over and over oh, yeah, with the Lopez have the, brothers. Have literally like the two two of the best post defenders in the NBA. Totally fine with like they're totally fine if that becomes your offense. I just like in unless he's wreaking such havoc on defense and getting all these transition opportunities. I don't know how Simmons is going to hurt you. And, you know, Bud, you want to really impress me with, you know, new school adjustments and stuff? Have maybe play both Lopez brothers and put one, quote unquote, on Simmons when Simmons and Embiid are out there together oh and just God. say, if we, if we nobody's going to the paint. <laughs> both Brooke and Robin, that would be my dream come true. They could do it. You'd have between Brooke and, Brooke and Robin on one side and Simmons and Embiid on the other, the Bucks have more spacing. Yeah, no, for sure demonstrably more space mm-hmm. so you could actually do it against this team i i wouldn't mind seeing them try it like and we literally yeah. just say you're not coming to the paint yeah, we're we, just not we, doing it you want to hear what Embiid's doing against the bucks uh in 30 minutes per game in three games against milwaukee this season he's putting up a solid 22.3 points per game but that's on 21.3 shots <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. exactly that's that's how it's going to be against this solid 34 percent from the field and honestly, and he's you don't shooting even... like thirty nine percent from three, which is way above average. So that should come down to the mean. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you got the the one win they had, even with Giannis banged up, they made like a thousand threes, which they never do. But the the other thing with them, uh, you don't even need Robin Lopez with Brooke. I mean, just have obviously Giannis on Simmons and just say ignore Ben Simmons, which is very easy to do in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a lot of slander off. I do believe it though. I just I don't think they're. As currently scary. formulated, I don't think. I honestly, correct. I am okay. Let's just get into the ranks. I want to play the Sixers. Yeah, I do too. I mean, obviously, for okay, let's be reasonable. Indiana first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But just for just for spite, give me the Sixers. I want I want to see them. I want to see them get swept by the Bucks. Mm. 
Oh, inject that into my veins. Honestly, I, I would be high for like the the next like three months based on that. <laughs> Just if that you if the Bucks swept the Sixers out of the playoffs that led them to firing like probably firing Brett Brown. Uh, and just uh, splitting up Embiid and Simmons, probably keeping Embiid. It's just when they should probably keep Simmons. I don't know. That'd just be beautiful. Yeah. Well, like the thought of that I, is just so tantalizing. And then third, yes, for me, the Miami Heat. Yeah, we, we have the exact same. Indiana first, just practicality, but I, I would love the Sixers series and then definitely the Heat last. So if if the Bucks don't see Miami in the second round, that's probably a great sign for the Bucks, For sure. That's the best case scenario. Because they either lost in the first round or they're on the other side of the bracket and have to go through uh, Boston and Toronto, who we'll talk about now. Yeah, right Right now, exactly. So I am pretty convinced Toronto's going to hold the second seed in the East. They currently, I think we already said this, they have a three-game lead over Boston. So it's not set in stone, but they do have a, a pretty sizable lead. Uh, over the Celtics, the Celtics are probably going to hang in three. Again, they might not, but let's assume they do. One of those teams you'd imagine would would be the conference finals opponent. I don't think I could. I definitely can't see whoever ends up seventh, whether it's uh, Orlando. It's got to be Orlando or Brooklyn. There's no way Washington can get in the seventh seed. They just there's there's not possible. So I, I don't think either of those teams is giving Toronto or Boston a real shot. And then whoever comes out of Three six, so we could see Philly or Indiana in the mix there. Maybe, maybe they they can you know make something happen. Who knows? But we just have Boston and, and Toronto left to talk about. Where should we start? Uh, let's go. Let's go with. Let's go with Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So Toronto Raptors, obviously, you know, met in the conference finals last year. So if this happened again, it would be a little bit of a rematch. Uh, obviously, it's a little different. Uh, for the Raptors side of things, because they don't have a man named Kawhi Leonard. Um, but they're still a very good team. They've managed to keep the second seed in the East even after losing Leonard, which, you know, props to them. 46 and 18. Wild. Congratulations. They did a great job. And they've been on a crazy tear. Like, the Bucks' lead was just insurmountable. Mm-hmm. But they won something like 15 straight games. <laughs> just absolutely murked everybody in january and february just really impressive stuff for toronto for sure no they've been doing a fantastic job they're they're scoring well they have a great defense it's just they're they're a very well balanced team the problem with toronto is they don't have the one megastar you know like they can play great team basketball and they can succeed playing great team basketball i think there's a solid chance they can make it to the conference finals just based on their team basketball alone, especially in this sort of setting, uh, where it's just like less playoff intensity and more of getting back into a rhythm of things. Uh, Toronto should be in great position to make it to the conference finals. But just when you're against the Bucks and you've made it this far and both teams are sort of around normal, I don't really I don't really see who's gonna be, you know, killing the Bucks. You know, like we talked about last year, it was the Bucks focused too much on Kawhi to um you know it kind of like broke their defense um but there's there's no one to really do that against this season like pascal siakam is not worthy of that sort of attention and he's been dominated by the bucks this season yeah that's milwaukee's biggest advantage is Giannis versus siakam is such a an overwhelming win for milwaukee that it really makes it hard for the raptors i think to win in a series and, and milwaukee has 
which I've found great joy in. Milwaukee has really just handled Toronto with relative ease during the regular season. I think the one X factor that could make things closer is I don't think OG Ananobi has really played against the Bucks at all. He's a terrific defender. He's in their starting lineup now. I think him on Giannis makes makes it makes life tougher for Giannis. I, I don't think it, it's enough to swing the series. I agree with you. I mean, I think they have so many good players. Siakam, Ananobi, Kyle Lowry's still there. Fred Van Vliet is still there, unfortunately, for, for the Bucks at least until the summer. Uh, Mark Gasol, Serge Ibaka, we, we know these guys so well from watching the Eastern Conference Finals. We really know them well from watching it again. They're all so good, and you have to have respect for them. And Nick Nurse, absolutely terrific. I think it's... They just, they're not going to have the guy to come through for them when they really need it. As good as Siakam has been, as good as Lowry can be, they don't have that, that top-level guy, I don't think. I don't think they're certainly not winning the title last year without Kawhi. I don't think they can win it this year without him either. Props to them for being this good, but I just I think they're lacking the teeth to win at this level. For sure. They kind of remind me of the DeRozan Raptors a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, great regular season team, but, you know, they're not they're not going to win at all, you know? No. They're going to run into their version of LeBron. Yes. And Giannis. So, like, that's... Because that, that's usually the difference. If you, like, when it was the conference finals, like, Kawhi versus Giannis, it's like, okay, they're equals, you know? Uh, when it's this year and it's Giannis against, like, the combined might of Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam... You know, like that's that's not even close. <laughs> like Giannis is clearly the best player on the court, uh, so it's just that's that's the difference. I think even if Giannis wasn't there, I think probably Chris is probably the best player on the court. Uh, you know, I'm with you. Uh, Raptors people, if when they find this, are going to be upset, but I'm with you on that. So it's just I don't know. Like Lau, I mean uh, Siakam and Kawhi compared to Chris and Giannis is much closer than Lowry and Siakam compared to Giannis and Chris. Yes. Yeah, clearly. So yeah, I, th- I think I agree. I think they're good. I, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to be good enough. Let's just do Boston quickly. I, I'm so torn on Boston. I think if Boston had either of Toronto's bigs, I feel like I'd be so much more afraid of them. I mean, I, like Kemba is a threat to score on you at all times, although he is the kind of player who you think Bledsoe would have great success against, but Bledsoe, not a great history against the Celtics. Um, that he makes, does have decent not, history not against Kemba, though. That's true. Um, but Jalen Brown, I think, is very good and largely underrated. Jason Tatum was looking like a star before the season got put on hold, and that's always that's always a little scary. I don't think he's going to be there enough yet. I think the Bucks have a lot of really good wing defenders to throw at him. But those three guys are scary. Marcus Smart is like a, an impact player. I think he's a 16-game player. Their bigs just... I mean, I know their defense has been absolutely tremendous anyway, but I think on this level of basketball and this high of a round, not being able to put out any sort of a credible rim protector, I think that's just death against Giannis. I just... I it's don't death think against Giannis and the Lopez Twins. <laughs> That too, but like Giannis is yes. like who is slowing down? Yeah, I just I don't see the answer. I think fully engaged playoff Giannis looks at this team, and I know Tatum is a good defender. I don't think he's that good. I just think he looks at this and goes, he, "He's a solid. I can defender, just score whenever." But he's not. He's not guarding Giannis. No, 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 not exactly. Even, not even close. He can do a good job on Chris, maybe, but maybe. I, I just I don't. If if like if you have no Giannis answer, it's hard for me to take you that seriously. 
Yes, like the previous teams have had sort of a Giannis answer. We know that Rap- the Raptors have, you know, um, their combined defensive uh, stuff with like Gasol and Ibaka and like their scheme. Uh, we know Miami has Bam. Uh, we know the Sixers have like Ben Simmons and Bede, whatever that means. Um, but the Celtics, they don't have anyone. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, and then Tice, I, do we know what Tice is? Tice got hurt, didn't he? I think so. Um, I'm Googling now. I, Tice is like good, but he's like good at setting illegal screens. I don't, and he's 6'8". Like I just, they just don't have the guy. I mean, honestly, Marcus Smart might be their best bet. Just do a whole lot of flopping and some good defense. But I just don't think they have the guy who's going to be able to handle Giannis. And I just think that's that's a death sentence, so to speak, in a in a seven game series against the Bucks. I just mm-hmm. think you cannot overcome that. No, they don't have any bigs that can keep up with them. The only reason, like, okay, last year they didn't have a chance. They won one game. Congratulations. Uh, it didn't get swept. Hang the banner. Uh, but you know, like they they had like a credible ish Giannis defender in Al Horford. What do they have now? Like Jalen Brown flexing after dunking on someone when he's down by thirty in a playoff game, like is that it? Yeah, I don't know. I I think Tice is fine, by the way. Sorry, I I love Jalen Brown. He's a very he's a very good human being. I shouldn't diss Jalen Brown right now. No, yeah, yeah, he is. He's very cool. He's a good player, but he's just like there's levels to this, and I just think. The Bucks' best guy is better than the Celtics' best guy. I think their second best guy is better than the Celtics' second best guy. I think the Celtics' best guy. I mean, the Bucks' second guy is better than the Celtics' first guy. I agree with that as well. Yeah, like who who is who's better than Chris Middleton on the Celtics? Uh, Tatum is getting close, but I, I he's don't think there he's yet. there quite yet. Yeah, like what? Maybe maybe last year, like this year's Tatum against last year's Middleton, maybe. Yeah, but this year's Middleton, no. Not, not really. I agree, and I really, I really hope Chris has an awesome playoffs to prove Boston some Chris. Bo- that's Boston that's Pat. Very, we didn't even think about Boston Chris and Boston Pat, and we get playoffs Dante, who I just feel like he's going to be playoff so Dante. We we've never seen playoff Dante, but I feel like that's going to be he he might average like thirty a game. It might be Lin Sanity two point oh. Yeah. Playoff Dante is going to be a freaking nuclear missile, armed to defend and get steals and, and pass to Giannis, in fact. He might I have a moment that passes Delhi's steal and scoop layup against the Celtics, and I'm ready to build the statue. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right there with you. So, despite everything we just said, this is probably going to be controversial. My ratings. One Celtics, two Raptors. Yes, I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, Despite all that we said, mm. the Tatum factor, I sound like Bill Simmons, the Tatum, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. He was a damn killer and he was really figuring some things out. This, the, this pause coming right in the middle of that stretch of games really stinks for him. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think they're very close. These two teams, I, I, I think Milwaukee should and will be favored against anyone in the East. I think they're close, but Tatum and Kemba Walker. We haven't really talked about Gordon Hayward. He's been doing really well. Why? The Celtics just have a lot of perimeter scoring threats. And, I mean, a team like that could get hot, especially against the Bucks, who have been known to leave perimeter guys wide open. Could get messy. It could. Um, but just, yeah, the Raptors' defense just scares me too much for me to put them uh, second. Oh, wait, I meant to have the Raptors first. Oh, you did? Yeah, that's oh, why. Oops, okay, I'll disagree I messed up my with you then. Rules. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, no, I think I think the Raptors are probably the harder opponent just purely based on their defense. Uh, they know this team, like the, the roster has changed uh, a bit for the Bucs, um, but there's still like that central defensive scheme that they can throw at Giannis, which scares me a little bit. But yeah. uh, the roster should make up for the flaws that they had last year, but just the theory behind that defense still scares me. So that's the reason I'll have them. It's really close, this one, because yeah. the Raptors have that established defense, but the Celtics have like, wing scorers you know which are like the most valuable uh playoff commodities so, yeah they, they just scare me more on that end i do agree right the raptors defense i mean we already went off on how the celtics probably can't guard Giannis. i'm i'm my, more i'm i'm giving i'm giving the bucks defense a lot of credit here when i say that the raptors are second because i think they can contain the celtics i think they can easily contain the raptors it's just like can the Celtics defense contain the Bucks? No, not a chance. Can the Celtic? I mean, the Raptors defense contain the Bucks more than Boston can? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. My biggest concern with Boston is Marcus Smart and and his supporting cast on defense finds a way to get Giannis into foul trouble. Hopefully, the Bucks get that seventh personal foul they can give to Giannis. I, that would be. That would concern me a little bit. And the, the Bucks are really good out to be but I, I could see that happening in that series. I think that would be very, very frustrating and make it closer. But I, I just I would I would slightly rather see the Raptors, but I it is very close. I'm pretty positive we're gonna get one of those two teams in this round. And I'm not I I, I neither one I, it's not I think they'll lose one and they'll win the other. I think they win both. I just I would slightly rather see the Raptors. Yeah, there's more of a chance for things to go wrong is what we're trying to say. We're, we yes. we do, I'm speaking for both of us when we say that the Bucks should make the finals, uh, yes. at least, uh, considering the state of the like the Eastern Conference. But there are chances for things to go bad. Um, and I don't know. I think Toronto presents more of a challenge. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think that you could almost you could you you almost swayed me. Like it is that close. Yeah, it's very close. And there's also like the idea of like, oh, do the Bucks have like playoff demons against the Raptors? Like the Bucks have beaten the Celtics like last year, so they're like whatever. That's, you know? That's kinda why I want to get the Raptors. Ooh. No, Let's that's make fair. this the year that's fair. of exercising some damn demons. Mm. Oh, I actually like that a lot. Let's uh, the first round doesn't matter. Well here, let's do right now. So well, actually, you know, first first round doesn't matter. Second round, let's beat Philly, mm-hmm. and then third round, let's beat Toronto, and then obviously go beat the Lakers in the finals. That would be Lakers or Clippers. I think they'd both be very satisfying. I mean, it's winning a title, but like beating Kawhi or beating LeBron, it's it's very close on satisfaction tiers. I think Lakers or would rip be, Nikola Jokic, <laughs> true or or shredded Jokic, but that would be like such an unbelievable run that it would just be great. So. To recap quickly, the Bucks are going to play probably. I I I don't we probably don't need to recap, but probably Orlando or Brooklyn, then one of those three or four middle teams, and then probably the Celtics or Raptors. Those that's the that's the road to the finals. Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, there's not the the Bucks shouldn't lose any of these uh, matchups, but it's like can they take it to like a six or seven game series? There's a chance. That some of these teams, yeah. there's definitely a chance. They these are very good teams, so we shall see. But 
Is there anything you want? Oh my God, we're over an hour. Uh, yeah, it's a long pod. <laughs> it's a long pod for sure. Uh, well, so just quickly, so our our preferred routes, we both agree the Nets would be the best in the first round, the Pacers would be the best in the second round, and then we're split. So my preferred route is Nets, Pacers, Raptors, and yours is Nets, Pacers, Celtics. Correct. For what's reasonable, of course. Mm. Yeah, I think that, that's... We're pretty close. I think that's good. I think... Yeah, and I think that's it, though. I think I think then we covered it. That's the road to the finals. That's it right there. Okay, so I guess we're we're good for uh, this rendition. Rendition's a fun word. Rendition Ooh. of the Eurostep Pod. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform. Platform of choice. Wow. Uh, make sure you tell all of your family and friends about the show and. Check out all of the great content being put out across the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Everyone's trying to put out great content for you uh, during these trying times. So I guess I will say, please stay safe out there in whatever you're doing. And we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.